It's a fact. Praise God. Thank you, praise team, for the wonderful worship. Thank you all for being here today. Would you just look around, all the beautiful people that are around you right now, and understand why we're here. Not because of us, but because of Him. Amen. Because of Him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I wish I could preach as good as they sang today. I can tell you that much. I just wish I could. You'll have to bear with me. You've been battling a little bit of uh, sinus infection or something. And I feel like I'm in a barrel. But I'll get out of it. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. I will try to be considerate of your time as well as the other events of the day, but I don't want us to leave out of here without taking a look at the Word of the Lord for a few moments. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, begin reading with verse number 1. While you're turning there, to all of our guests, thank you for being here. You have helped make our day. We're so delighted. Please don't slip out too fast. Uh, because I would like to shake hands and welcome all of you. My wife and I both are delighted that you're here, the church family. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declared unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Amen. Everybody say according to. According to the Scriptures. Turning to the book of Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10. Paul writing to the Philippian church said, That I may know Him. That I might have an understanding, but more than that, the word know speaks of a relationship. The relationship between a husband and a wife. That depth of communication. That I may have an experience with Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being made conformable unto His death. And then last but not least, turning to the book of First Peter Chapter 1 and verse number 3. Peter writing said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us. He hath birthed us. He has made us live again 
unto a lively hope by the resurrection. Amen. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. With all of that being said, there are many other scriptures that I could take you to, but suffice that to be our foundation. Everybody said amen. amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise and you can be seated. <coughs> amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It was on a wintry day some 50 plus years ago that a mild-mannered meteorologist professor at MIT entered some numbers into a computer program simulating weather patterns and then left his office to get a cup of coffee while the computer ran and did its work. When he returned, he noticed a result that would change the course of science because the computer model that came forth was based on 12 variables representing things like temperature and wind speed and values that could be depicted on a graph as going of lines rising and falling over time. And on this day, the meteorologist was repeating, he was repeating a simulation that he had run earlier, but he had rounded off one variable from 0.506127 to 0.506. And to his amazing surprise, this tiny alteration drastically changed the whole weather pattern that the program produced. Over two months, the weather pattern had been completely changed because of a minor adjustment of a few thousands and hundred thousands of decimals. The unexpected result led Edward Lawrence to a powerful insight about the way that nature works. And this is what he concluded, that small changes have large consequences. And so Lawrence went on to suggest that the flap of a butterfly's wing in South America could affect the weather in Texas. And the idea came to be known as the butterfly effect. Thus a theory was born whereby men understand that a small change at one place in a complex system can have large effects in another place. Had the butterfly not flapped his wings, they project the trajectory of the system might have been vastly different. Now, I didn't come to talk to you about butterflies this morning, but I would like for you to consider this, that if the movement of a butterfly's wings in another part of the world could affect the world that I live in presently, how life-changing has been the effect of the resurrection on our world. Think about that for a moment. My subject this morning is the resurrection effect. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. When I stop to consider the power of His resurrection and what it has had upon our world and upon life and time, it is staggering 
The world in which we live has been changed and altered because He lives. Hallelujah. Because He is alive forevermore. And the impact on our comprehension, Jesus Christ has had on the world is beyond our comprehension today. I rejoice. I'm so excited inside. I'm like the little kid that jumping up and down. I, I When I think and consider all the implications of the resurrection, I cannot help but want to stop and shout a little while. Because when I realize the far-reaching consequences and the effects of what Him coming out of that grave has meant not just for the world and not just for life in general, but for my life and for most of your lives, the impact that it has had upon you has been life-changing. There is no event that has so profoundly changed the world like the resurrection. My joy is found this morning in the simple truth that the tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Is there anybody happy? You know what? Empty never looked so good as on that morning when they came to that tomb. The whole trajectory of mankind has been changed because He lives. We interpret life in a new way. There is now life with power and there is power to live differently because of the resurrection I do not view my life as being isolated and purposeless. But because He lives, I can live also. And there is something beyond this life because of what He has proven to me through the power of His resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we do not view the daily struggles of our life in the same manner. We face opposition and scorn and torture or fear, but we are confident of a better resurrection according to Hebrews 11.35. No wonder the resurrection became the central clarion call of the New Testament church. Acts 4.33 said, With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. Romans 1, 1-7, Paul declares that it is the centerpiece of their doctrine and their teaching. Ephesians 2 and 6 says that because of the resurrection, we are made to sit together in heavenly places. By the way, what you felt around here a little while ago when the choir was singing was a little bit of heaven on earth. That was His blessing to us today because He lives, because He's alive. We rejoice this morning. Amen. First Thessalonians 1 and 10 declares that because of the resurrection, we have been delivered from the wrath to come. Peter declared in Acts 4 and 1 that a man's healing was because of the power of the resurrected Christ. Acts 17.30 says that it is the resurrection that brings hope to all men. Romans 6 and 4 says, Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. Acts 13, 37, 38, Paul said, But He whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, 
that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, all because of the resurrection. Amen. You know, there's really no accounting for the, for the rise of Christianity without weighing the revolutionary effect of the resurrection. The most convincing proof that something extraordinary happened that morning was when they arrived at the tomb to mourn his passing and they found the angelic host declaring, He is not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. Why seek ye the living among the dead? The tomb was empty. And by means of the resurrection, He has offered to mankind an extraordinary leap in the human condition. Jesus did not rise just for His own sake, but He rose for my sake and your sake as well. He did it for us. Thank God He did it for us. Amen. When I consider the implications of the resurrection and the effect that the resurrection has had, one of the most prominent things that comes to mind has to do with the radical change in the observance of days of worship. From the Old Testament times, even from the book of Genesis, the seventh day was the day of rest. It was enshrined in the worship of God's people. It was a part of their social structure. Saturday was the day of rest. But when He came and died, He rose not on the seventh day, but on the eighth day which was also the first day of the week. The eighth day was significant. The number eight was significant of that which was new. It represented a new beginning, or it meant a new order or creation in life. So when He rose on that day, He put a stamp on a brand new covenant. He said the covenant now is not in your flesh, but it's in your heart. It's not an outward thing. It is an inward thing. And because He lives, I now don't just celebrate rest. I celebrate life. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I celebrate His life. I want to mess with your theology a little bit right now. Because it's been messing with mine. I got, I I ask around, so I'm not just speaking off the top of my head. But when I consider the, the, the resurrection effect upon how we worship, the Old Testament covenant was based on rest. The New Testament covenant was based on life. God wanted you and I to know that there's more to life than just resting. There's something called living that He wants you and I to enjoy. And He came up out of that grave so that our emphasis would not be on finding a day to retire, but that we could wake up every morning and live. Live because He lives. Live because He overcame. Live because He triumphed. And because He triumphed, I too can also triumph. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I love the word more abundantly. In the Greek, it means exceeding any number, any need, any measure, any rank. It simply tells me that the life that Jesus offers me 
through the power of His resurrection is greater than my biggest need. It's greater than my biggest problem. It's greater than my greatest heartache. That the life that He offers me is better than any other life that you can find on earth. It's a better way of living than any way you can discover. When you know Him, you know the power of His resurrection. And you know the power of true life. Amen. The resurrection changed the texture of life. We now look at history as a different thing. We go through life differently because of the resurrection. We embrace a higher standard of living because He lives. A new standard of impartiality and brotherhood was instituted. If you read Paul's writings in the book of 1 Corinthians 15, beyond where we read in our text this morning, you will find Paul musing about uh, certain things in his own life. And he ponders how he could assess his lifestyle if it were not for the resurrection having had the influence upon him. And when he considers all that he has done and all that he has gone through and all that he has suffered and all that he has been subjected to, he realized that if you eliminate the resurrection, it looks ridiculous. It is stupid. It is pitiable to think that a man would give himself for nothing. It was the resurrection alone that guided Paul and empowered him to do the things that he did and to live the way that he lived. And it is only by the power of the resurrection that life makes sense for you and I. Because when we separate the resurrection and we refuse to acknowledge what he did that day, we eliminate from our life the most powerful influence we could ever experience. Amen. The resurrection effect ought to affect radically the way that you and I live. It ought to affect the fact that we live not for this world, but for another world. That materialism is not our goal, but treasures in another world are. We invite those to come to our table who cannot repay. And Jesus said, if you will do that, that in the resurrection, in the second resurrection, I'll reward you for showing proof that my dying and coming again has not done in vain, but you have shared with the world what that resurrection has meant to you. Amen. The resurrection effect has changed the way we think about life and death. Paul said, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, all because of the resurrection. We don't fear death any longer. We're not afraid to die because we know that death isn't the end. It's just a doorway. It's a passage to another world, a better world. Hallelujah. When you live like that, death cannot torment you. When you live without hope, death cannot terrify you. 
When you live with that hope, you realize that when you die, that's not the end. It's the beginning. Living inside of you that you have a new hope. Living inside of you because of the resurrection. Amen. It changed the way they thought about their responsibilities to others. It ought to change the way we look at our responsibilities to the world as well. We have a hope. We have a gospel of hope. And we need to share that. You understand me this morning when I tell you that missions is inconceivable without the resurrection effect. Why would men hazard their lives and go to the foreign corners of the world if it were not for the power of the resurrection? The change that Christianity has wrought on the world through its missionary endeavors can be traced back to one pivotal point that morning when he came out of that grave and he shattered everything and he rearranged life. His resurrection has given a new meaning to life and it has changed how we look at life. The life, Paul said, that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I want to tell you this morning that as far as I'm concerned, because of the resurrection, life is better. Amen. Now some of you must not believe that, but for me, because of the resurrection, life is better. Because of the effects of the resurrection, life is a whole lot brighter for me this morning. Because of the effects of the resurrection, life is a whole lot more beautiful and meaningful to me. Because of the resurrection, my life has a purpose. Because He lives, I can live also. I rejoice today at the implications of the resurrection. Thank you, choir, for reminding us. We are washed. My, we are washed. We are washed. We are cleansed. I am so thankful for that purifying influence of His resurrection power. When I came to Him, my life was filthy and dirty. And so was yours. And there was no way that you or I, either one, could erase the dark lines that were there. But when we knelt at His feet and when we bowed before His purpose, He took that blood and He took that sponge and He began to wash. And as He washed, it began to dissolve from the record all traces of what I had done. So that when I stand before Him, I stand before Him clean today. I stand before Him whole today. Because... Of the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for washing me. Not only did he wash me, but he sanctified me. I love that word. Sanctified me. He set me apart. He said, no, that's my property right there. He put his stamp on me. He He marked me. I'm thankful to be sanctified today. Are there any sanctified folks in the house? Some of you are afraid to claim it, but I'm glad I've been separated unto Him. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Justified. I am justified. Justified. I love that word. Somebody said translated. Well, I'll tell you how it's translated. Justified means just as if I'd never done it. Now, I know that's hard for you to do that in your mind, but he doesn't have a problem with it. Amen. The devil brings all of our trash up. He reminds us all the time of our failures. And when he goes before the Lord, the Lord said, Do what? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about that lady right over there on the front row. Don't you know? I'm talking about that woman right there. I'm talking about that man. I'm looking at my records and all I see is a blank page. I, I don't see. I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm thankful today that I stand before him just as if I had never stood wrong. All because of the effects of the resurrection. Woo! Revelation 1 and 5, John said, He loved us. He washed us. He made us. I'm thankful for that power. I'm closing, but the resurrection effect delivers the powerful message. That message is this. Tomb thou shalt not hold him longer. Death is strong, but life is stronger. Stronger than the dark, the light. Stronger than the wrong, the right. Stronger than the wrong, the right. Faith and hope triumphant say, Christ did rise on Easter Day. Amen. Stand with me if you will. My question to you in closing is simply this. Does that resurrection effect have any influence over your life today? Does it have any sway over your life? Do you make decisions now based on a higher principle or a higher purpose? If you don't, you are missing out on the greatest blessing in all the world. Amen. Does my life reflect the effects of the resurrection? Do I know joy? Do I know peace? Do I feel accepted? Do I feel beloved? If you don't, you're not enjoying the full benefits of resurrection power. Because in Romans 6, or Romans 5 I should say, Paul outlines five wonders of grace. And of those, are seven wonders of grace I should say. And of those wonders, he talks about Things like peace with God. Peace with God. He talks about having access to God. Access. You know, it's, it's, it's great to have access. The means of getting to somebody. You ever desperately need to get to somebody? You need to talk to them and get a message to them, but you just couldn't. 
You couldn't seem to get through all the red tape or all the roadblocks. That door. When he came up out of that grave, he took a key and unlocked that door so that whoever wanted to come could walk into that room any time of the day or night. They could come before his throne, find grace in their time of trouble. He threw the key away, took the lock and cast it into eternity and said, never again will that door be closed. Anybody can come. You have access to him today. No matter what your problem, no matter what your needs, no matter what your hurts, you can get to Him. He's as close as the mention of His name. All you've got to do is just open your mouth and begin to confess, call on Him. Jesus, I need you. I want want to feel the effects of that resurrection power in my life. I want it to change the trajectory of my life. I want it to change the meaning and purpose of my life. When I do things, I want to do them with the sense of eternity in mind. You don't have to live in fear. You have access to Him. Access. Peace with God. Access. Provision is mentioned there in that passage. Purpose is mentioned there in that passage. All of it because of the effects of the resurrection. Do I make decisions today based on gaining the world or gaining something in the next? Because His resurrection proved that there is another world. I'm going to give you, I'm going to really mess with your theology right now. When He arose from the grave, His body had been transformed. Obviously, because when those disciples came near Him, He said, touch me not, I haven't ascended I've not I've not finished all of this yet but he had a body that could move through rooms without anybody even knowing it a power that was so great that even though the door was locked all of a sudden he's there right there with them here's my hands touch me Feel, see that I am, I'm, I'm alive. I just wonder, in my own heart this week, I've just pondered, could it be that He gave them a little glimpse of what that world to be is going to be like when we really know the true power of resurrection? That all you'll have to do is just think a thought and you'll be there. There'll be no boundaries. There'll be no limitations. There'll be no heartaches. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sorrows. There'll there'll be no more backaches, toe aches, lumbago, diabetic issues, blood pressure, heart, liver, cancer. All things will be passed away. All things will be passed away. Behold, all things shall become new. What are you saying that for? I'm just saying that what He gave us was a glimpse of what all of us are reaching for. That one of these days, there's going to be a trumpet sound. (laughs) And those that are dead will rise first, and then we which are 
We, we which are what? We which are what? Alive and remain shall be caught up together to ever be with the Lord. Amen. Then we won't have to worry about sickness or croupiness or sinus infections or all the stuff that's got you stressed out right now. All the pressures that you feel. Amen. All because one morning, one morning, one morning. Amen. You ought to rejoice today because of what you can experience because of His resurrection. Lift your hands to Him right now and give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.